And are you ready? Well, I'm ready. <laughs> ready to put 2021 behind. Uh, over Christmas, we had a visit from COVID to our household and uh, sort of went through myself and Kay and some of the grandkids that were there for Christmas. But uh, we got caught in the middle of this um, surge of testing. So it took 10 days to get the results back. And by the time they called me and said, you're positive for COVID, they said to me, uh, but you've already isolated all the time, so just carry on. So we're ready, ready to start this new year and uh, believe that God's going to let us all get through this time into a new, year, a new year. Now, I appreciate David jumping in last Sunday in short notice, a few days notice, putting together that message that recapped last year's theme about all things new and that God is doing all things new. And uh, it was just interesting hearing him go over the different messages and I'm thinking, yeah, that was good, that, that was good. And I remember when Pastor David spoke that and hopefully that uh, a lot of new things have happened in your life over this past year. But if you have any regret, if you have any thinking, well, you know, maybe I didn't optimize that time and, you know, there was more for me. Uh, it's okay because we're into this new year with a new theme. And our theme is start. Start. Just start now. I mean, it's time to begin. It doesn't matter what the past has been, what's happened, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. We have a time to start. Start fresh. Start anew. And that's our theme for this year. Start. Start. And so hopefully you picked up a message sheet when you came in. want you to take some of these thoughts with you today. I want to just give an overview, not going to go into much detail on this message. And over the next number of weeks, the Lord willing, we'll flesh this out a little bit of what it means and our theme for this coming year. Start. Numbers 10 and 13 says this, so they started out for the first time according to the command of the Lord by the hand of Moses. What it's talking about is the children of Israel who were in Egypt, captive, slaves, and they were freed from the penalty of uh, death and they broke out, they came out from Egypt, they crossed to the Red Sea, and uh, they were beginning their journey to the promised land that God had given them, the destination that God had for them. And this verse says, so they started out. Everything has a beginning. They started out for the first time according to the command of the Lord by the hand of Moses. Now, here's the first point. Like Israel, we are all on a spiritual journey. They actually had a physical journey to take, leaving Egypt, going through the Sinai Peninsula and the desert and coming through up to Canaan and crossing over the Jericho, or from, from Jericho, passing over the Jordan into their promised land. They had a physical journey that they were on. But we are also on a journey. And this portion of Scripture uh, and the story of Israel leaving Egypt is a type and shadow of our spiritual journey. 
They did it physically. We are doing it spiritually. And this is what 1 Corinthians 10 says about this journey. He says, I do not want, Paul's writing to the church. I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers, our ancestors, were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, all ate the same spiritual food. This was the manna that uh, they were eating. And all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. So Paul speaks in 1 Corinthians 10, and he says our ancestors, when they left Egypt, and they made that journey to the promised land, this is a spiritual type of our journey. We're on that same spiritual journey, and we can learn from them, and the examples that they went through are examples for us, and we can learn from it. Now, let me, without going into any great depth, um, say this. Egypt was the place of world. It was the world. It was the type of the world. They were captive there. They were enslaved there. They didn't have freedom to be what they wanted to be or what God wanted them to be. They were under the penalty of death. There was a death angel that was going to pass through and take the firstborn of every family. And so just as we are in the world and we have sin and our sin puts a death penalty over all of us, there's a judgment that's upon every person that we are going to be judged for our sins and the penalty of that judgment is death. But God provided a lamb. They were to take a lamb. They were to slay it. They were to take the blood. They were to put it on the doorpost and the lentil of the house. And when the death angel came, when he saw the blood, the scripture says he passed over. That's where the Jewish Passover comes from. And they passed over that house and that household was saved because of the blood that was put on the doorway. And so we can see the example of our spiritual journey. We are enslaved by sin. We're under the penalty of sin. And just as they had a lamb, Jesus is the lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world. He died on the cross for our sins. He shed his blood. He gave his life for us. And just as they had to take that blood and apply it to their own household, we have to take the application of what Christ did on the cross and we apply it to our lives. And as it were, the blood covers us that we are spared from the penalty of sin. Interesting, when the angel came, he didn't inquire who's in the house and whether they were worthy enough. He just saw the blood and passed over. So it is with us. It is a, such a beautiful analogy that, you know what, we are saved not because we're good enough in the house, but we have taken what Christ has done for us and received that salvation in our own life. We're talking about a spiritual journey. That's where your spiritual journey starts, when you receive Christ. And when they came out from Egypt, it said they passed through the Red Sea, and the scripture says that was a type of water baptism. Just as they were baptized in water, came through the water, came out the other side. So we are water baptized and we come through the waters of baptism. 
And so it goes on to show then the spiritual analogy of the journey that they took, the journey we are to take. Said that there was spiritual food that was given to them. Well, to them, it was natural food, the manna, spiritually provided. So to us, our nourishment is the word of God, which is the bread of life to us. And we read his word and it nourishes us and it strengthens us. It encourages us, the word of God. The water, they received their water out of a rock because they were in a desert. And it said that really that rock that followed them was Christ. So for us to have the spiritual water of life is the spirit of God that comes into us. Really, it's Christ. Christ is our rock. We draw from him our spiritual nourishment. I just want you to see the spiritual journey that it's speaking about here in 1 Corinthians 10. And they move on. Now, here's the real catch, though, because in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it says this. But Verse 5, but with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Most of those people did not reach their destination because they got lost in the wilderness. And it goes on and lists the things that distracted them. And there are things that distract us from our spiritual life. We have salvation. We're following the Lord. But we get out there in the wilderness and there's lots of things that happen. There were attacks from the enemy. Uh, lots of things came up. They got hungry. They got thirsty. Now, God was always their provision, but they still experienced it and so forth. And so, so with us. And if we're not careful, this is the thing. If we're not careful, we can get lost in the wilderness. And actually, God's not well pleased with how we're living. He saved us. We're his people. He's already delivered us. But we can die in the wilderness. Die short of what God has for you. We're on a spiritual journey. Just as Israel had a destination, and this should encourage each and every one of you, God has a plan for your life. He created you just the way you are. He knows where you're living, the time you're living, with your abilities and strengths and talents and personality. He knows it all. He's got a plan for your life. He wants to lead you to your destination. And he doesn't want you to get sidetracked. He doesn't want you to die in a wilderness where you don't fulfill God's purpose for your life. Where you may be a Christian, but you have never made any difference as far as the kingdom of God is concerned. You've always been a consumer. You've never been a contributor. God says, I want you to grow up. I want you to finish your destination. God has, God has a plan for you. That should so much encourage you. You are not an afterthought. You're not just something that's tagged on. God knows you. He knows all about you. He knew you before the foundation of the world. He has a plan for you. He wants to guide and direct you. He's leading you somewhere. Don't stop. Start. And so we see this journey they were on is so important for us today. Now let's go on to the next step. Next point is this. Our spiritual journey is marked by a series of starting points. Oh boy, you need to see this. I need to see this. Our spiritual journey is marked by a series 
of starting points. Listen to what it says here in Numbers 33 and verse 2. Now Moses wrote down the starting points of their journeys at the command of the Lord, and these are their journeys according to their starting points. Your spiritual journey that we are on, I want you to know, is very similar. It's a series of starting points. Now, it goes on and tells us in the verses following Numbers 33 here and verse 2, it goes on and in the verses, uh, where is it, 5 to 49, verses 5 to 49, and it just says that, let me just read some of this without going into any detail because it goes on for all these verses, 40-some verses. And it says, then, then the children of Israel moved from Ramesses and camped at Succoth. They departed from Succoth and camped at Etham. They moved from Etham, and, and it goes on and on and on. A series of starting points. Of, it says they, they started here. And then it says they started here and they moved to, they started here. Now here's the point, the next point. The noteworthy points of your spiritual journeys are not your destination points, but your starting points. Now God could have easily have just said to Moses, in fact I probably would have, if I was saying, I said, Moses, write down where you got that day. You started, but you got here, you arrived here. And let's have a series of arrival points, a series of destination points. But interesting, in God's plan, he didn't give destination points, he gave them starting points. And he said, write this down, Moses, you, this is noteworthy, write down the starting points. This is where we miss it. We're looking for the destination we think the important thing is where I'm going and what I've achieved and what I've accomplished and how I can see some praise from other people. And God says, oh, no, no, no. The most important points are your starting points. You need to start here. As the song said, start now. Start here. Are you ready? Are you ready to start? You know, at the beginning of a race, they say, ready, set. The gun goes off and you start. There is a series of starts. And so it is in our spiritual walk with the Lord. The destination automatically followed when they started. Here's the point I put in your notes. Many times we are waiting for God to show us the destination, but he just shows us the starting point. He just shows you the starting point. I've had many people come to me, I wonder what God's will is for my life. Can you help me find God's will for my life? They want to know the destination point. What's God's plan for my life? Who would he want me to marry? What kind of job does he want me to have? What should I do? We're always looking at the destination. And God says, there's a starting point. Just start here. I want you to know your progress in your spiritual journey 
is going to be your embracing every starting point along the way. Miss the starting point and you get lost in the wilderness. You need to follow and act upon the starting points of your life. I put in your notes this, and we've all heard this statement. The journey around the world starts with a single step. The journey around the world starts with a single step. 22,000 miles around the circumference of the earth. How am I ever going to travel 22,000 miles? Well, the old saying says it starts with the first step. How am I going to get around the world? It starts with the first step. Well, how am I going to get over the mountains? How am I going to get over the oceans? There's no sense starting because if I get going, you know, there's no way. This is hopeless. It's too big. It all starts with a single step. A journey around the world starts with a single step. Now, the spiritual corollary is this. The journey to your destiny starts with a single step. What does God have for you? What's your plan? What are you to accomplish? What are you to do? What's God's will for your life? Many times we sit back and we say, God, show me. And then maybe I'll consider whether I should try to do that or not. God will not show you the destination. Now, I'm not saying God never will. He, he can give us glimpses of the future. But the scripture here in the spiritual journey analogy that it says you need to learn from this, this is for our example, it's a series of starting points. God just says, start here. Do this now. Start here. Here's your next point. Destination points are usually fuzzy and uncertain. They're uncertain. I don't clearly see the end. When, when I'm going on a journey and especially I'm going somewhere I've never been before, and, th and this is all of us in our spiritual journey. I don't know what that part looks like. I don't know what that looks like. Now, thankfully now, interesting enough, uh, because of Google Earth and so forth, you can actually many times put in the destination, and it brings up a picture, and you see where you're going. Now, that's sort of good, you know, and technology has brought us along, but in the spiritual realm, we don't always see the destination. We have an idea. God just says, start here, take this step. But wh wh where's that going to lead me? I don't know. What's the route to get there? I don't know. God will give you a series of starting points. The destination is unclear. And I think God intentionally made it that way. Because we don't know. We, we would feel inadequate. We, we would get overwhelmed if we knew the end results of everything that we do. And so God just intentionally, I believe, says don't worry about destinations, just worry about starting. Because if you'll start and take your next step, you're going to reach the destination. And when you get there, it'll be clear. But I tell you, if someone had told me way back when I started my spiritual walk that I'd be doing what I'm doing now, we'd have what we have now and so forth, I would not have been able to embrace it, although I wanted everything that God had. 
but he gave me a series of starting points. Here's the next point in your notes. Your starting points, listen, are always clear, simple, and possible. They're clear, they're simple, and they're possible. That's the good thing about the starting points. It's not complicated. It's not beyond you. It's not past your reasoning. I mean, I don't know how I'm going to go around the world, but I know I can do that. I can take my next step. And if I project too far in the future, I say, no sense going that way. I'm going to hit the ocean. Can't walk on water. Not knowing that God maybe has a boat there ready with the gangplank right lined up. And if I just keep my steps from moving, I'm going to be able to be carried where God wants me to go beyond my natural ability. But I just have to take the next step. But this is where we falter. Now, in their place, how did they know what their next step was? It says very simply in Nehemiah 9.19, the pillar of cloud did not be, depart from them day by day, uh, to lead, or did not depart from them by day, to lead them on the road, nor the pillar of fire by night, to show them light. The pillar of cloud was this cloud that rested over the meeting place, very visible, they could all see it, and it rested over the place where Moses talked to God. And when God wanted them to move, the cloud started to move. And you can read the story, and when the cloud started to move, they were to blow the trumpets to alert everyone, the cloud's moving. And they would break up camp, and they would follow the cloud, and if you read this in the portion, it says, when the cloud moved, they moved. When the cloud stopped, they stopped. Sometimes the cloud kept moving for days, they would move for days. Sometimes the cloud only moved for a day, and when the cloud stopped, they stopped. They were led by a cloud during the day, and at night was a pillar of fire. Because it says sometimes they were led to move at night. and But the pillar of fire would lead them. And it would show them the way. And it also heated them. The cloud actually caused them to walk in shade during the desert hot day. It's amazing what God will do for us. We can go through adverse circumstances, but there's a cloud to shield us from the intense heat. In the cold in the evening and the darkness, there's a light to guide you. He always will guide you. But here's the key, folks, step by step, starting point to starting point. And once the, the, it moves and you realize it, start. And then keep taking step after step to the place where you have a sense that God has stopped. Now, I wish I could tell you more precisely how this works. But I think you, those of you that have followed the Lord enough you know it's not difficult discerning God's will. It really isn't. All you do is just sort of got to stop and you just got to sit down and still yourself. This is what I do. And I say, Lord, what would you want me to do? Boy, it will come clear. Sometimes I don't want to do it. Sometimes you argue with God and you try to tell him all the reasons why 
I don't necessarily want to do that because it takes you out of your comfort zone. When God leads you to do something and you know that's where God is leading you, but I sort of like it where I am now. I don't want to step out into that. I'm uncertain. I don't know about that. I know what I have now, good or bad. I know at least I, I and we want to be at ease, as the Bible says at Zion. We just want to be at ease. But I want you to know God will lead you and he will make it clear to you. You are his child. And it was interesting, as I was reading it, it said this was a real witness to other people, uh, other nations, because they could see the cloud too. And they go, wow, something supernatural is leading this people. A cloud, visible cloud, the pillar of fire by night was constantly there. They could look up and see it. Are you looking up every day in your spiritual journey saying, Holy Spirit, thank you for being with me. Guide me, direct me. I want to do your will. This is why the Bible talks about walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. Sensing his feeling, his direction. Listen, it's, it's clear. It's simple. It's never complicated. Your next step is so easy. Anybody can do their next step. It's when I project to the thousandth step. But if I can say, what's my next step? It's clear, it's simple, and listen, it's possible. It's not beyond you. You can always take your next step. It's a simple obedience. And it's your spiritual journey will be a series of starting points. So, focus on getting started, not on succeeding. Focus on getting started. I mean, what's your focus? Don't always be thinking, wow, assessing. How's it going? Uh, is this accomplishing what it should accomplish? Am I where I thought I would be? Am I as far along as I thought I would be? See, don't get your own thoughts mixed into this. Don't focus on succeeding, accomplishing, doing. Just focus on your next step. What's the next thing God wants me to do? What's the next step he wants me to take? And if you'll focus on that, the other will take care of itself. Now, I grew up on the farm. I learned a lot of things from my dad. I must have heard him say dozens and dozens of times to me. Kenny, getting started is half the job. Getting started is half the job. He'd list the things that we'd want to do, and I'd say, I'd always argue to put it off because oh, I didn't want to do it. He didn't like to do the work. And he said, Kenny, let's get started at it. And if you get started, it's half the job. Now, I've discovered that in life, just in the natural. Things I put off, things I procrastinated because I thought they were too big and, oh, I'll get at that tomorrow or maybe later. You know what? When I actually get started, I find out, you know, it's not as hard as I thought it would be. It doesn't take me as long as I thought it would take me. I just had to get going. Now, my dad learned that from probably his father and his grandfather of farmers about doing jobs, and they just realized, you know, getting started is half the job. You know, just, it's half done if you just get started at it. And so it is in the spiritual. Things that you think are so difficult, just start. And getting started is half the job. I put in a... Uh, quote from Neil Armstrong, most of 
true thing most. Many of you were not alive in June of, was it July? I just forget. 1969, the first landing of man on the moon. Neil Armstrong, I remember. That was Sunday afternoon. Because you remember where you are when you were around those times. Sunday afternoon. And he stepped, the hat, latch, you know, the hatch of the lunar was opened. He, he stepped down the ladder. And when he took that final step from the, the step onto the moon, he said this. He said, that was one small step for man one giant leap for mankind. It was one little step for him. But it was a giant leap forward for man to walk on the moon. Whole attention of the world. But for Neil Armstrong, I don't know where it started. Maybe as a boy when he aspired to be an astronaut. I don't know. It started with Kennedy saying, at the beginning of the 60s, by the end of this decade, we will put a man on the moon and return him to Earth. Wow, what a challenge. And so it put in motion a series of steps. Neil Armstrong had to do a series of steps. And I didn't read up on his life, but maybe some of you know the steps he had to take when he applied. How he would have been, uh, the training he had to go through. What led him step by step? But to him, it was just a series of steps he was taking. Until finally, the culmination was another simple little step, a foot down from the step onto the moon. One small step for man, but a giant leap for mankind. I want you to know your spiritual leaps, spiritual leaps forward in the kingdom of God. They will almost be it will catch you by surprise because all you've been doing is taking small little steps along the way. And that series of small steps along the way now has brought a spiritual leap and an accomplishment that's noteworthy. And you hardly notice it when someone says, look what you've done. And you go, well, yeah, that, that was pretty neat. But to you, it's just small little steps along the way. And that's what keeps us humble. Because we realize all we're doing is following the Holy Spirit. He's just prompting me to take steps that I'm equipped to do. Simple, easy, clear, little steps I was taking. I give the results to God. All I do is just yield myself moment by moment and simply start. And take the next step. Getting started is more important than succeeding. Getting started is more important. And the reason I say that is this. It's in your notes. The willingness to start is the smallest thing that makes the biggest difference. You would ask me, what's the biggest, what's, what's the thing that I could do that would make the biggest difference in my life, biggest difference in my relationships, biggest difference in my finances, biggest difference in, in my career. What's the thing I could do that would be make the biggest difference? And I would say to you, the willingness to start, the willingness to take your next step. 
It's so small. It's so simple. It's so easy. And yet, it's so crucial. It's the smallest thing that makes the biggest difference. So you need to focus on your next step. Oh, I wish I could just brand this on my own mind and all of us this morning. I hope by the end of this year, this is such second nature to you that if you're going to go move forward, you got to start. you got to be willing to step out. It's simple. It's small. It seems so little. It doesn't mean it seems so insignificant. And yet that simple step leads you to the leaps forward that God has for your life. I just wrote some statements down here. Let me just read them to you. There may, there may be no more important action in life than simply getting started. What's the most important action you could take in life? Just getting started. What if the choice to start was all that was required? Well, I think, no, I've got to be qualified. And I've got to be capable. And uh, a lot of things have to line up here. And I need to get the people around me and, and all this. I got to, you know, and, and I'm not saying those things are wrong. I'm just saying, but what if the only requirement was your choice to start? What if that's the thing that was required the most? Not all these other things we add and put upon ourselves. What if the willingness to begin... The willingness to begin something new, even if you feel uncomfortable, was all it took to begin your journey towards greatness. We all need to have that sense of being great. Jesus never squelched the desire of the disciples to be great. He didn't say, don't talk about being great. They're always arguing who is going to be greatest. All Jesus did was tell them the next step. Said, you want to be great? Then serve one another. The servant's the greatest. Oh, no, that's too small a step. I don't want to take that step. I want to be great. I want the destination. And he says, no, just, just serve. Just give a cup of water in the name of the Lord. Just, just do something simple. Just start. You want to be great? Yeah, that's good. But serve. But we don't want to take that step. We balk at that step. Because we don't connect the starting simple step with the destination that we all desire. But God sees that connection. He says, just humble yourself. Just follow me. It's not about you. It's about me. It's just your willingness to follow. It's just your willingness to obey. I put this in your note. Only the people who start are the ones who finish. We all want to finish, but you'll never finish unless you start. We balk at, stock, at starting, but it's only the ones that will actually be willing to step out and take a small step are the ones that finish. The starting line is the only line where you have complete control. Now that is quite a statement. The starting line is the only line where you are completely in control. Once you step off the starting line, you're trusting God, 
you're just trusting I'm taking this step. You're no longer in control. God doesn't want you to be in control. There's only one place you have complete control, and that is when you'll start. And you have complete control over that. No one else can stop you from starting. No one can keep you from taking your next step. It's so simple. It's so easy. God has it right in front of you. He never calls you to take a step that you can't do. It's just there. But you control it. I mean, you are in control of your starting points. And that's why I think God said to Moses, write down the starting points because this is their journey and it's a series of starting points where they actually followed the leading of the cloud and the pillar of fire. They followed it and so that's the starting points. What are the starting points of your life and your journey thus far? Thus far in your life? Well, we've already talked about the first part. Of, the first starting point in your journey is that time when you committed your life to the Lord. Where you actually applied the salvation that was provided by the Lamb of God to your own life. Do you remember when you did it? Do you remember your surrender? I remember. I was eight years of age. I was sitting about where Wade was sitting right there in front of me. And the pastor was giving an invitation for those to receive the Lord. I was just sort of indifferent, listening along, sort of feeling like I should give my heart to the Lord, but I'm just a kid. And then the pastor said something. He said, the Lord is calling, and he's saying, my child, give your heart to me. And when he said, my child, man, something just quickened in my heart. And I said, well, I'm a child. Is God talking to me? And I responded, I started, I stepped out. I went forward to receive the Lord. I'm only eight. But God knew, God knew what I needed to hear to prompt faith in me. But I could have just sat there. That was a point of surrender, of surrendering the Lord to my life. It was shortly after I was water baptized. I went through the waters of the Red Sea like Israel went through the Red Sea and I was water baptized. Lake Ontario. Our church was in Hamilton. We did a small church. We didn't have a baptism tank. Anyone want to be baptized? Sunday afternoon we'd go down to Lake Ontario and we'd baptize people in the lake and that's where I was baptized. Lake Ontario. It was another point on my spiritual journey. And then I was going to university to be an electrical engineer. But I felt God tugging at my heart. And I could tell you stories, I mean, promptings of wanting to make my life count for the Lord and realizing it doesn't matter if I'm an engineer or I accomplish this and whatever. And if I was a king of a vast domain, that was a song that went over my head. But if I don't have Jesus... It was a turning point in my life. It was a starting point where I left university and I went to Bible college. I didn't know where that would lead. I thought at the time I was only going for one year. 
but it was my first step. But that step led me that summer to travel with a young man and another and his brother to travel in Mississippi and Tennessee and be part of a young men's evangelistic team. And we traveled to Tennessee, and I remember saying to David, well, what do you want me to do? He said, I really don't know. He said, I'll pray about it. He said, if you decide to come, he said, uh, God will show us. I decided to go. I stepped out. When he told me he wanted me to speak every other night, I was overwhelmed. I thought, I can't do this. I can't do this. But I had decided I will never turn down an opportunity to do something because I think I can't do it. What was that? A willingness to start. A willingness to step out. To do something that I thought was beyond me. I didn't know I was going to learn to speak that summer. I didn't know I'd meet my wife that summer. I didn't know all the con Tennessee connection that throughout my life has happened because of that small step. See, I could go over and over in my life, and you can go over the, the points in your life. Are you still on the spiritual journey? Is it fresh? Is it new? Every day when you get up, are you waiting say, I wonder what God wants me to do today. You see, it's a series of starts. What does God want you to do today? What's that simple step today that it's clear, it's simple, it's possible, it's not beyond you, but you're just reluctant for either I don't understand or I want to know more, and you're not willing to just take the step. I can trace it on down through my life from... You know, starting the church here in June of 1973. And just that sense of, will you start? I still remember when Kay and I were sitting together in the chair room and we said, well, let's start. Let's, let's do it. Let's start the church. We didn't know what we were doing. I didn't know what it would lead. I didn't know. When the opportunity came to come on the, to go on the radio, I never knew. I felt inadequate. I've shared this with you. I felt, I can't do this, but it was a step. And, and just to say, okay, I'll take the step. I'll just take the step. But when you take the steps, God enables you, and it leads you to your destination. But it's a series of starting points where you're willing just to step out. In the notes, I put this. Get started. Life isn't a dress rehearsal. It's the main event. When we were practicing for the play we put on at Christmas, you should have been here through for some of those practices. Some of them were pretty brutal. I mean, and I'm, we're all thinking, no, is this going to come together? But we weren't too worried because it was just a practice. But you know, life is not a practice. Life is the main event. Today, you're living your life. This is the main event today. And you need to take every opportunity. When God prompts you, move. Step out on it. Don't miss it. Don't get lost in the wilderness. Don't, don't as it says in the scripture, God wasn't pleased with them because they, they died in the wilderness. They, they stopped their spiritual journey. They didn't carry on. They didn't reach the destination. Somehow they just got distracted by everything around them on belief don't let that be you 
keep fresh, keep new, and realize today is the life God's given me to live. What a beautiful day. Today is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice, be glad in it, and I'm going to take my next step. I'm going to start what God wants me to start today. It's never too late to start. I find this now after all these years, and the older I get, there's a sense of sometimes, um, well, I don't think God wants me to start anything new. Yeah, he does. And I can say, th- I could project and say, well, you know, I'm not going to be around to see that. Why, why should we do it? doesn't matter. Someone will be there to see it. I, it's, it's, I, I'm, not, I'm not to look at the destination. I'm to look at the start. What does God want me to do right now? And if it's never too late, it's not too late for you. What's all the things in your mind thinking, well, you know, that may work for him or that or whatever, or this has happened to me and, you know, someone hurt me or, you know, it could be sickness, it could be a financial problem, could be a broken relationship, and you sort of rule yourself out. And God's saying, oh, no, no, I got to start for you right here. Just wherever you are, you have your next step. Are you ready? In the words of the song, are you ready? Ready or not? Are you ready to start? If you are, let's stand together this morning. Oh, what a theme. What a theme. What potential in simple starts. Are you ready to start? Your heart ready to say yes? Are you excited? Don't know where it's going to go, but we're starting. We're stepping out. Let me pray for us. Father, I pray for myself, pray for my family, pray for this church, pray for every individual here. May not one person exclude themselves. May not one person disqualify themselves. Because you have a plan and a plan and a purpose and a journey for every one of us. And you know where we are. And it's never too late. Lord, right now, I just want to say yes. I want to follow you. Lord, I pray that every person here, whatever it might be, would take their next step. Maybe they've never accepted you. They've never had the blood applied to their life. They've never surrendered their lives totally and completely to you. May this be the moment right now that they start and they just yield to you. Others, Lord, their next step may be water baptism. Lord, when they just simply take the next step and give them faith and whatever it might be, whatever the starting point in our lives here today, Lord, may we just take the next step. We trust you, we believe you, we believe in your purposes, your plan. Lord, just give us a confidence and a faith in you this morning and an excitement to step out and to start. I pray it in Jesus' name. May this be a year of starts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's thank the Lord. I hope you're encouraged. I encourage myself. Go in the name of the Lord. Uh, 
we don't have the cafe open for the next few weeks till they open things up again. But go, meditate on these things. See you next Sunday, if not before. And remember, next Sunday marks the beginning of our prayer and fasting. That's a good place to start, to say, I'm going to be involved in prayer and fasting next week. Amen. You're dismissed.